It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harrison and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Joining me today, Lindsey Crosby, our regular Monday guest. How are you, friend? I'm doing great. Went through a coma uh, a few hours ago, so uh, nice and rested and ready for this. Yeah, I've been texting you all afternoon like, all right, you good doing this and the time and making sure you're still good. And I'm like, he's not answering me. I wonder what's going on. But yeah, it sounds like you slept for like six hours this afternoon. It was a, it was a nice and strong two-hour nap. It was, it was a couch nap, so like it was very dad. Yeah. Like it was on the couch with baseball on. It was great. Well, I expect a lot of energy from you then. Is that fair? Can I expect I'm that? I'm here. I got it. So let's go, baby. Something I wanted to do today because there wasn't a whole lot of stuff that happened over the weekend. I was expecting some news to break, but here we are. So I was thinking we could go through the coaching staff and kind of predict the player or select the player that we think will benefit most from this coaching decision that is now a part of this coaching staff. Because I, it seems like we're only talking about three or four of these assistant coaches, and I want to make sure this audience of this show is familiar with the full coaching staff because we have not been talking about guys equally. I mean, we talk about Cornelius Williams a good bit. We talk about Nick Eason a ton because this is a Nick Eason podcast. But, I mean, uh, like Schmetting, and he's a huge part of this coaching staff. We don't talk about Jeff Schmetting. We haven't really talked a whole lot about Will Friend since he's been hired. And, uh, I mean, Burt Watts as well. And these are guys that have multiple roles in this coaching staff. So I thought it would make sense for us to kind of do this on a Monday and just kind of uh, take folks through this and kind of have a little refresher before we um, talk more and more about this 2021 season. That work? Sounds like a great plan to me. Sweet. All right, so... The first guy, we'll start at the top. We'll start with Coach Harson, and we'll just go in order that uh, Auburn lists the coaching staff. But Brian Harson uh, obviously is a good place to start, and I think this one is an obvious one. It is for me anyway. And uh, I, I think Bo Nix is the guy that's going to benefit the most from Brian Harson's time at Auburn. Uh, I mean, that's been a storyline. It's been a big question. I, I was on a podcast over the weekend the college football experience, I think that's going to drop on Wednesday. We're going to play it on this podcast feed on Saturday. We'll have an extra show this week. But it's, that's the first question he asked. It's like, can Brian Harson fix Bo Nix? I mean, that is a national storyline, and I think he can. I don't think he's going to be a Heisman contender by any means, but I do think he will be significantly better. And I think Brian Harson will be a big part of that. See, I'm going to disagree with you there because I have heard that Bo Nix is actually a dark horse for the Heisman. He's very comfortable agree- in this new offense is what I've heard. He's having a lot of fun, but I will, I will agree. It is Bo Nix and it's simply like for Bo and I have more, you know, quarterbacky stuff when it gets to my answer, spoiler alert for Mike Bobo, but for Brian Harson, it's very much a, you know, who benefits more from the overall culture change around this program, you know, and, and it's Bo Nix from the perspective of when this team has that culture change of continuous competition and improvement and getting better every day. 
if that team is better, Bo Nix is better. And so it's very much culture wise, Bo has the most to gain. They've brought in legitimate competition for him, arguably for the first time since he's been at Auburn. He's not guaranteed a job anymore. Uh, they've done a lot of work as far as making sure that guys on both sides of the ball are better. They've done a lot of work at the transfer portal to bring in personnel that can help this program. And so a better Auburn football team on both sides of the ball means Bo Nix's potential goes up. I want to circle back to something you just said, because I'm hearing it all over the place and people are writing about it as well. This whole like Bo Nix hasn't had any competition since he's been in Auburn. Like that is untrue. I mean, he had one off season where he was like clearly the guy going into the season. The other one was like, we didn't know if it was going to be him or Joey Gatewood for forever. So I just want to like, not that I'm calling you out, brother, but I just right. want to I just want to point that out because, like, I really thought Gatewell was going to win it. And a lot of people did, and so I, I, I just don't think that's a true thing. Yeah, there's so there's a lot of debate in the fan base about whether or not the Gatewood Knicks competition was a true competition. That's fair, and I think it's simply because a lot of people were looking too much at the fact that Bo Nix was a legacy. His dad had played here, and they thought it was just. You know, predetermined that he was going to be the quarterback. And so I'm not necessarily saying it wasn't a true competition. I'm saying, you know, like, is there a, there's a common, uh, a common misconception that the scale was weighted towards Bo in that competition. And so this is an offseason where, from everything we've seen from this staff, nobody is just guaranteed anything. And so even if you believe that that wasn't a true competition, it definitely, you know, it's a true competition now simply because of this coaching staff's not going to do something like that. And so that's really where the, where the aspect goes. I actually like Joey Gatewood as well. I thought he was, he was entertaining to watch and he had a lot of potential, reminded me a lot physically of Cam Newton and what Cam did. And I thought that Gus would really enjoy that type of player on the field. Uh, and we just never saw it at Auburn. And so far I haven't seen it at Kentucky either, but. No, Gus loved um, Bo. There's no question about it. And I think Harson will too. I tried to be a little different with this answer to think about like a young player that could benefit. I mean, you talked about the eventual culture change that will happen. It's already starting to happen, but I think it's going to take a little while to fully get there. But I was trying to think like D Davis, you know, if he's the the quarterback after Bo or even Finley, whoever the quarterback after Bo is may benefit from Harson even more just because it's going to be a totally different system and the culture will be integrated inside the locker room fully. At that point. So, I mean, just to kind of, you know, add a little spice so it's not just Bo Nix, Bo Nix, Bo Nix, you know. Yeah. I wanted to go out after seeing that quote from Demetrius Davis's dad over the weekend. I wanted to say it was D Davis. He's coming in with the right mindset Mm -hmm. and all of that. But it's just it's too hard to ignore the Bo Nix as quarterback under Brian Harson storyline. I mean, it's there for it's a national storyline for a reason. And so it's it's hard to not give them this answer. All right, tight ends coach, Brad Bedell. I have Brandon Frazier uh, for this one. Younger guy, I think he's going to be there for several years under Bedell, and he'll kind of get the chance to fully be uh, integrated with his system and kind of what he wants from the tight end position because I think what is asked of the tight end position is going to change from the Malzahn era to the Harson era. We've talked about that time and time and time and time again. Auburn fans want the tight end to be involved in the passing game more than oxygen at times, it seems. And I think Bedell's main guy will be Frazier over the course of the guys that are currently on this roster's career. Maybe not year one, but I think over the course of their careers at Auburn, I think Frazier's the guy. See, I had 
Brandon Frazier as well. My perspective of that was looking at some of Bedell's history, and his history is very much offensive line. His, his history, I mean, he was the offensive line coach at Boise. He coordinated the run game. And so I saw him coming in with the tight ends, but not necessarily from that perspective of including them in the offense to the level that we want. Mm-hmm. We're going to see multiple tight ends on the field at once, but we're not going to see them you know, lined up five wide with two tight ends on the field throwing the ball all the time. We're going to see the tight ends working more as a traditional inline tight end, maybe a second one split out wide. And so I thought Brandon Frazier, he's that obvious combination of size as well as blocking ability. But then Luke Deal as well, um, you know, 6'5", 255. He's a bigger guy. He's known for his blocking. He needs to work a little bit on his offense, obviously, as far as pass catching and running routes. But since you took Brandon Frazier, I'm tempted to change my answer to say Luke Deal simply because you have to figure out who that second tight end is going to be. And this upcoming season, it's probably going to be John Samuel Schenker, the senior in the room. Uh, I do believe he's actually a super senior. He's got plenty of he's got plenty of experience. But after he leaves, I really think it's going to be the Frazier Deal um, combo going forward. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to place wagers on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline.ag, as well as several other postseasons happening right now. Even get in on the action ahead of time, and a lot of NFL and college football futures right around the corner for you to participate in at BetOnline.ag. When you make your first deposit after creating your first uh, or your free account on betonline.ag. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, Lindsay, next up, Mike Bobo, obviously the offensive coordinator. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on this, but uh, I put Bo Nix as well. I also put Bo Nix, and that's mostly a play-calling aspect. I just I see Mike Bobo as having more of a cohesive plan on offense than Gus very much felt like he was calling a collection of plays versus calling a cohesive game plan. And so I just see the improvement in, in Bobo's play-calling translated into improvement in Bo Nix's um, chemistry with the receivers and his his – play during the game next up defensive line coach Nick Eason a lot of Auburn folks call him thick Eason I said Tony Fair the grad transfer from UAB for this one we talked about it when he committed and I mean he has one year left he has used every single drop of eligibility that the NCAA gives a player and uh, I mean he's he's been playing college football for a very long time and he's in a situation after last season where he said, hey, I can do this. I can get to the next level. I can provide for my family. I am going to go play for a guy that coached defensive line for a decade. 
and uh, in the NFL. And so I'm going with Nick Eason's, uh, the, or, or Tony Fair is the best, uh, the, the guy that benefits the most from Nick Eason. See, I went a little bit different here. I said Jeremiah Wright, which I feel like is probably not as popular of an answer. There's probably a listener yelling at their phone right now. But for here, me, here, here, I'll, here, I'll do that. I'll be the, hold. Lindsay, he got hurt. Yeah, and this is more of a going forward future thing. He, when we did see him play, you know, like the, what was the biggest storyline that we heard when he was in practices was just how dominant he looked. Yeah. He, you know, he, he converted from offensive line during preseason camp and he looked great. He was in the Citrus Bowl and he looked, I mean, he looked like a, like a man among boys. And so he obviously has natural talent, but he doesn't necessarily, I mean, he played in high school, but he doesn't necessarily have the technique. He doesn't have the finer points of the game. And I feel like if there's anybody that can teach him that it's going to be someone who's done this at a high level, like Nick Eason. So it's, it's kind of like our conversation earlier. I think in year one, yeah, Tony fair is going to, is going to play out of his mind for Nick Eason, but going forward, I really see somebody like Jeremiah Wright learning a lot from Nick Eason and becoming potentially an NFL prospect from getting that top-level coaching like he's going to get from Nick Eason. And then, I mean, Colby Wooden is another guy that's going to benefit from him, but that one seemed like a no-brainer, so I don't want to put that. I wanted to say J.J. Pegues because we have to talk about J.J. Pegues every time possible. Oh, we don't have and to. I was, like, I was like, avoid it. Avoid it if at all possible. Everybody talks about J.J. Pegues all the time now. Avoid it if we can, but I wanted to. That was kind of the trolling answer was JJ Pegues. Sure. Several good answers for Nick Eason. Yes. There's a plethora of young talent on this defensive line, a lot of sophomores and freshmen. And so Nick Eason has, has the potential to be probably the most impactful position coach at Auburn of the next four years. Yeah. A lot of young talent. So naturally, I went with the guy that's almost 30, Tony Fair. All right. Um, offensive line coach Will Friend. Who would you put for this one? So for Will Friend, I actually said Austin Troxel. Why? Because I hate myself. No, um, because because we need. I feel like we need we need a tackle to stick to uh, to step up and to just kind of submit. Like, hey, I'm going to be your SEC tackle. Uh huh. And I don't know who it's going to be. But I feel like if there's ever a time for Austin Troxel to actually do it, now is the time. Yeah, I mean, he's running out of time. He's running out of time. But you know Will Friend has gone in there and he said, okay, like, who do I have? Who can do what? How can we do this? And I just – and really, it's – I mean, that's the thing. I think whoever is going to benefit the most, we don't know right now. But we're going to know in week one when they roll out there and we're all a little bit, that's who's starting? And then they're just going to blow it away all season. Like this really is a, I think you could pick half a dozen names and you'd be right or you'd be dis- like completely wrong. I just trust Wilfred to go in there and find someone to submit a position on the edge. I don't know who it's going to be. I went with Tayshawn Manning. I wanted to go with Brandon Council because this is a Brandon Council, Brandon podcast. Council podcast. Yeah, can't stress that enough. But he's already like good enough to be in the league. Like he's already good enough to be a top tier SEC offensive lineman, assuming he can come back and be healthy. And I think some of that's out of Will Friend's hands. So I went with Tayshawn Manning because Justin Ferguson has kind of convinced me that Tayshawn Manning wasn't a bad guard last year. 
And he hasn't been playing that position for very long. And I think with another kind of coach's perspective after what he was doing last season, maybe he can take that next step because he's still pretty raw. And so maybe some more proper coaching can kind of help turn that around. And look, I think the whole offensive line is going to benefit from a number of things, but the biggest thing is the play calling aspect that you've already touched on because a lot of the scheme and a lot of the checks, I mean, Jordan Rogers just totally picked Auburn apart after that Auburn Georgia game with these checks and these, you know, the lack of calls that they were able to make at the line and things like that. All that's going to go away. And I think all of these coaches or all these offensive linemen are going to benefit from from this whole new coaching regime. But I, I put Tayshawn Manning in there because Brandon Castle was seemed like he was already at that point. So I kind of wanted to pick somebody yeah. else. And I, I'm not yeah. putting Nick Brahms. So I wanted to put Garner Langlow. And he's only a freshman, and I just didn't think we'd actually see him play for at least one season. And so it wouldn't be a very satisfying answer. But I think bringing in a high school offensive tackle, you know, who's strong and aggressive, like, and then giving him an actual, you know, coach and development and a good scheme to work in could work wonders. But it's not a very satisfying answer because we won't know anything for at least two seasons on Garner Langlow. I just... Really, this was real. This was a whoever Will Friend thinks is best because he'll find somebody. Yeah, and I think we'll be surprised at some of the improvement we see in that line pretty early because Will Friend's going to go out and I trust him to figure out that talent better than we have so far. All right, next up is Derek Mason, obviously Auburn's defensive coordinator. I thought this was obvious. I said Smoke Monday. Yeah, I actually had Owen Papo for it, but I think probably for the same reason you did. And it's simply just as far as leading the defense, kind of captaining out there and and directing traffic and really developing that that coach on the field mentality so that he can go to the next level. He also coaches safeties. Probably, I mean, uh, I think that's a big part of it too. And so Yeah, that that's kind of that's a big part of that. Yeah. If, I can see that. If Ladarius Tennyson had not have left, he would be my answer for this. But he hurt me. I'm sad. All right. Next up is, um, all right, let's do Zach Etheridge. Let's do Zach Etheridge next. Auburn's cornerbacks coach. And this is a tough one for me because I think regardless of who the cornerbacks coach is, Roger McCreary is going to get drafted very high and be a top SEC corner. So I didn't go that direction. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Simpson here because I think he's going to kind of get pushed back a good bit. Uh, in the depth chart with all the transfers and, and, and things like that. I think he may not get as much playing time as a lot of people think he's going to. We'll have to see. We'll know that very, very early in the season, I believe. But he'll be a guy that comes back next year and could be the number one corner on this defense. And Zach Gethridge will be a big part of developing that. So that is my that is my answer. That's actually kind of the exact answer that I had pretty much for that exact reason is it's not so much a next season answer, but it's going forward from that. You know, like you said, we're very, we're very almost top heavy in that room. A lot of juniors and seniors who are going to be draft eligible or are going to graduate. And so who's, who's going to lead that next wave. And I had kind of picked out Jalen Simpson as a guy probably won't play a lot this season, barring injury, but he's really going to have time to develop. Um, work with Zach Etheridge, and then he would be the guy going forward. So. I, I'm really high on Roe Torrance as well, the Juco kid that we just got. 
but I don't know how much of a splash he's going to make day one. So I, I think you could put him in that same conversation. I think Roe Torrance and Jalen Simpson would be a great corner combo if Auburn doesn't do anything in the transfer next offseason for going into 2022. I really believe that. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Lindsay, have you ever had a protein bar better than Built Bar? I have not. It's impossible. Nope, it is impossible. They've got a ton of different flavors. They have different flavors for everyone. Coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie. My wife and I, over the weekend, we started uh, Weight Watchers, and uh, we were looking at different points for different protein bars, and it's funny because, like, Built Bar is, like, half the points as everything else because it's actually stuff that's good for you, not, like, a lot of the big name brand bars that people get. It's actually true. It's actually true. So uh, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15. That is at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Moving on ahead as we continue our list, Lindsey Crosby. Next up is Jeff Schmetting. And Jeff Schmetting has a long list of titles. He's assistant head coach, linebackers coach, run game coordinator, a.k.a. the defensive coordinator after Derek Mason leaves. I have, this is an interesting answer, I think. But I put Wesley Steiner. Because I think Schmetting will be on this coaching staff for as long as Brian Harson is here, unless he's just here for a very, very long time, and then he goes on and becomes a head coach somewhere. Because I think he is in the plans in the future to, to be promoted from within. So I think uh, you got to look at the next wave of linebackers because I think a lot of what Owen Papo and Chainsaw McClain have done already, I mean, Travis Williams is an outstanding linebackers coach, and they got to reap the benefits of that. And so now they get a different perspective, which they will benefit from, I think. I believe that. But as far as long-term for the program, I think Wesley Steiner is the next guy that's going to be in the middle of the defense. So that is why I'm saying him. That makes perfect sense as far as, you know, Jeff Schmetting's a star in the making. Um, he'll be here for a while. And and I wanted, like, yours makes perfect sense. I wanted to say Zacoby McClain simply because I know he wants to work on his past defense. And I feel like Jeff Schmetting is going to make sure that he learns that. I don't necessarily know if he'll do if he'll if, if it'll be good enough to get him drafted. But thinking more about it and using your perspective, I think Joko Willis could be somebody that might surprise us going forward. We heard yeah. good reviews come uh, about him after he he signed with us as far as his speed. His physicality, he has a little bit of better size. Right. And he's obviously plenty of eligibility. And so he's somebody, you know, we're going to lose that top trio of McLean, Wooten, and Papo after this year. He's somebody who I could see as kind of rising up out of that that underclassman group and starting potentially, you know, three, four years at Auburn. And so, you know, having that same coach for his entire time would be 
very beneficial for him as well as for us. All right, another guy, Burt Watts, was brought in to be the special teams coach and outside linebackers, which is interesting to me. So you look at some of the edge guys. They're listed as edge players currently on Auburn's roster. I kind of wonder if they'll ever change that to, to stand-up defensive end or not. But um, I've got two. I couldn't really decide which way I wanted to go with this. Derek Call for this year, Romello Height for you know the course of their career. You know, I, I'm still very high on Romello Height because he is very, very tall, and I think his frame is going to fill out, especially with Pittman being, you know, the the main guy bulking all of these guys up. Does Romello Height have a lot of height? Yes, a ton, six five of it actually. But okay. uh, very high on both of these guys. I think they'll both have a chance to uh, to really have productive careers. You know, as far as impacting opposing quarterbacks. Um, when, when they're in the pocket. Um, so yeah, I went that route more than the special teams route. Yeah, this was a struggle for me. I wanted to talk special teams here. And then when you go back and you look at Burt Watts's history, he actually has never done special teams. He's always been a linebackers coach, a defensive coordinator and things like that. And so honestly, I kind of see him as being the linebackers coach once Schmetting becomes a defensive coordinator. Um, and so it's hard for me to go and talk about special teams with him. I actually... Where'd my note go? I actually had Eku Leota for this. It's something where Eku Leota, you know, he comes in, he was he was the better, the best player pretty much on his team. He's moving to a more competitive conference. Um, this is a chance for him to get a lot of one-on-one work with a talented coach. And if he's going to unlock that next level potential, it's going to be with Burt Watts. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but if Burt Watts is as good a coach as Brian Harson tells us he is, and as Jeff Schmetting tells us he is, then I think Yoda could have two years or a year and a half of SEC dominance and then be a, be a decent draft pick for the NFL. And Watts is a guy that LaRondo talked about when we aired his conversation on Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the thing with Leota is just like, we don't, there's so much we don't know about him because exactly. he didn't play that much at Northwestern. But when he got on the field, he was really effective and productive and one of their best pass rushers. But yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, I was a lot higher on Eculiota when he signed than I am now, but I think it's just, uh, I've talked about this a ton. I I think it's just a a recency bias thing. I think Leota is going to be a stud. I really do. Um, Moving on, Carnell Williams. I don't think we'll spend a whole lot of time on this. Um, The guy that he runs, that runs just like him, Tank Bixby. You got anything yeah, to we, add there? We've upgraded from a Cadillac to a tank. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah. we're on the same page on this one. 100%. Um, we can right. move on. Yeah, last one, then Cornelius Williams. I uh, I went with a guy that um, is a very natural wide receiver. We haven't made that joke in a while. It's been weeks <laughs> since I've been able to say that. But, uh, yeah, I've got Kobe Hudson because I can't not put Kobe Hudson down. I love him. I, I'm aware. Yes, I am. I am fully aware that you love him. So I actually went Zevian Capers for this. Oh, you went the wrong direction. Okay. I went the wrong direction, yes. And no, it, it's just something where he's the guy that we talk about as far as having the size. He was that blue chip prospect coming out. And we need someone to step up at wide receiver because we've lost most of our production. And yes, Kobe Hudson is going to be a stud on this team and a stud in the NFL. I mean, I'll go ahead and say it now. He's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Such a natural wide receiver. He's a guaranteed NFL Hall of Fame. He's very natural. He's very natural. Can't can't stress enough how natural he is. Yeah. But no, but Zebian Capers is somebody who I see is having the physical tools, but he just needs someone to 
help him get that technique, that leadership. It's a very young position group, and somebody's got to step up. And it feels to me, just watching a lot of the receivers that Cornelius Williams has coached, like Zevian Capers reminds me a lot of those guys. And if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be him. All right. You want to you want to act like we want, we want to put Brad on the um on the coaching staff? Like listen, the uh, the football roster lists him under coaching staff. And so my answer for Brad Lorondo is definitely going to be the the wellness kitchen chef. Um that's who's going to benefit the most with that Italian influence, that chicken parm uh-huh. uh, there in the wellness kitchen. I I fully anticipate like that being a game, a program changing um, coaching adjustment that Lorondo is going to come in and make. Probably already made it, actually. My answer for Brad Lorondo is he's really going to impact the chicken parm economy in the Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County area. I mean, we've already seen it with events that we've been at firsthand. And now, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, we're, every Monday night where we do our broadcast for Charlie Tuesdays um, live at 7 o'clock. Please join us if you're listening to this on Monday. Yeah, come over and hang out with us tonight at Baumhauer's. But uh, they have a chicken parm now, and it's delicious. It's perfect. I may or may not have bought marinara sauce futures when Brad Lorondo came in. Just no, I was like, listen, I'm gonna make a quick buck off of this. Is Prego um, publicly traded? <laughs> Are you um, looking? Well, it up? <laughs> I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah, hang on. This is uh, not actually, financial advice. <laughs> yeah, this is not. Um, this is not legally binding or anything like that. But I actually do believe that the owner of Prego uh, is a. Yes, they are. They are. They are owned by Campbell's. They are publicly traded. So Got there it. you go. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, Lindsay, where can people uh, find you and hear you, buddy? I am at Auburn Banker on the socials and in the Discord. And you can hear me Monday through Friday, 729 on com for Auburn Open Like It This Morning. Lindsay filled in for me all last week on the show. He did an outstanding job. Thank you so much, my friend. Of course. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby, the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn, and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a Charlie Tuesday live from Baumhauer's, right here on Locked on Auburn. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.